Keep it locked. It's the A Square Podcast. That's right. That's right. That's right. What up, baby? Hey, this K Kemp, and you rocking with the A Square Podcast. Be sure to click and subscribe. Cornbread. What up, dog? DJ Aaron. A Square Podcast. With information on entrance to the trade. Make sure you subscribe and share. Also, turn those notifications on to the podcast. Always keep your shoes by your feet. By your feet. Mr. Cornbread. Corn Breezy. You and I had a conversation. What up, man? Hey, man, I'm chilling, man. Be sure to subscribe. And it's fresh. You. As normal. It's been a minute. I, I guess we, I guess we just kick it off. A Square Podcast, boy DJ A Ron, alongside my brother Mr. Corn. What exactly went down? It's not a big deal to me. Man, talk to me, bro. Tell me how it went down. How you doing, homie? How was the week? Grimy. We talking, we say we diving right in. Keep it locked when it's fresh. Get the new content. Diving right in. He actually keeps it entertaining. I'm going to fast forward. Yeah, go straight in. Oh my God, man. Cornbread. What up, dog? DJ A Ron. A Square Podcast. Mm-hmm. Until next time, A Square Podcast. I love it. Okay. All right. A Square Podcast. This is DJ A Ron alongside my brother Cornbread. Antonio, how are you, my brother? I'm good. How how's the world doing, man? And um, uh we're opening. Can we say uh happy Memorial Day? Happy you know? Memorial Day, man. Yeah, man. This is this is gonna be a good one. Um I know special, I know special guest in here today, man. I know you want to introduce him, but what were you gonna say? I was about to say, I know um a lot of people enjoyed our Marines tale um interview that we did uh, a couple months ago, you know, with uh, Bouchard and uh, Roberts, man. So we decided to give you, you know, a second, the family version of that. So um, today we on our guests, we have Javier Perez and Sharon Perez. How are you guys doing? Hi, how are you? Good. Hi, Aaron and Antonio. What's going on, gentlemen? Doing very well. Thank you for asking. Go ahead, Antonio. So as um, always with our interviewers, we would love to get some background on you guys. So um, we'll do ladies first. Um, you can kind of tell us where you grew up. Um, if you went to school, you could tell us um, if you like long walks on the beach, whatever you want to tell us. We would just like, you know, the listeners would love to know who you are. All right. So I am to give a you know little prelim to what we're going to be talking about. Um, I am an army brat. Um, I grew up, I lived three years in Panama, a year in Kentucky. So um, obviously, um, I know the side from a child perspective of being in the military. And, um, and then I did pretty much fifth grade all the way up to um, second year of college in Puerto Rico. And then I moved to the States and uh, where then I was a army wife at that time. Um, a little bit about myself. Um, I have a master's degree in mental health counseling, um, which um, I worked in construction um, until last year. So a little bit about me. I'm dedicated to my family, to my husband, love puzzles, absolutely love puzzles. This quarantine, let me tell you, (laughs) um, I've done six puzzles of a thousand pieces already. man. Um, so Javier, poor Javier, the bank is going bankrupt just because of the puzzle <laughs> buying. Um, what else do I like to do? Um, I don't know. I, I just, my family and just um, my kids now with my grandbaby, which is amazing. It's, you know, going back to the good old days. Um, although I, I realized that everything has its season and, um, this lady right here, Definitely her season is not now to have a baby. So yeah. kudos to those that do it at this age. Um, but no, but that's that's a little bit about me. Married to my amazing husband for 25 years. Congratulations. Um, we, thank you. Thank and you, thank we you. have been together 
for 29. Wow. Have two amazing twins. And we have, not two, well, yeah, two twins. Um, we have amazing twin girls. They are 23 and a six-month-old grandbaby. So mm-hmm. life is good. Life is, is good, has always been good. Twins? Twins. <laughs> yes. Let me tell you, they were amazing. If I would have had more kids, uh, if it would have been because of how the pregnancy was, um, not that you guys want to hear that, but, um, and um, how the, um, you know, they were growing up um, as, as you know, kids, as individuals, I would have had 20 more, but no, we, we stopped at that. So I was good with the first, uh, with my first son. I'm good. My only son so far. So I'm good then. When I got the news, when he came out, everything was perfect. But if I had got the news that it was going to be twins, I definitely for for sure 100% would have been the guy in all the movies that fall out. You know, when they always pass out, when they say, eh, twin, oh, here goes another one. I'm going down twice. Well, that's, that's funny because I tell my son he is a twin, but I gave up the other one. So I was like, you better start acting right. You better start, you better start cleaning your room. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Look, we were we were we were twenty two at the at the time when um twenty probably twenty yeah twenty two yeah, when we found found out that you know we were going to have a kids and then two months into the pregnancy I'm like oh guess what you're having twins the only thing we knew to do at that point was laugh we didn't know you know twenty two <laughs> years old you're like oh yeah it's so beautiful um but definitely it was it was you know. It was quite a ride, but no, that's all we did was smile and laugh. That's awesome, man. So, Javier, what's your what's your story, man? Uh, what's your background? So, my background: I'm born and raised in Puerto Rico. Uh, I did um, all my schooling from kindergarten all the way to my second year in college in Puerto Rico. But through all that time, I knew better. You know, after I finished high school, I really didn't want to go to college. Um, to be sincere, I've been putting camouflage in my face since I was eight, nine years old. And I wish somebody would have you know, look at me and tell me, like, hey, if you like this so much, you shouldn't join the military. But anyways, I went to college for two years. And at that time, we quit college. Uh, we were working. And after we got married, um, probably barely a year and a half later, um, I told Sharon that I wanted to try to do the military. And she completely supported me. And after that, I just went into the military. And I went to the military for eight and a half years from 1996 until january 2005 and then from there start working in the current company you know at the bank at the federal reserve and since then you know i've been in the bank already for 15 years since then i started I finished my bachelor's degree in psychology started my master's degree in um organizational uh, leadership and like sharon was saying everything you know doesn't matter what i have done and everything just because i'm with her you know life has been sweet it's been very nice everything has been amazing so the rest you guys already know the same daughters the same family uh, <laughs> yes wow it, it, better be. Yeah. it better be the same oh yeah <laughs> breaking news on breaking the a square podcast on, on. this is exclusive hold on yeah Woo. so uh, what uh what branch are you what branch are you in or what are you in i'm sorry i was in the army okay gotcha, yeah. gotcha. and i was in the army and know that i want to be um I want to be the, the, the you know, give the, the, the bare bad news, but I just want to make a clarification. So when you gentlemen started the podcast and let's do this, you know, like you guys do all the rest kind of educational and you guys say happy Memorial Day weekend. 
um, that's something that especially people in the military, we definitely don't say. So because um, it's Memorial Day. So we memorize, we remember, we honor all our brothers and sisters, you know, who pay the ultimate price, you know, for the freedom that we enjoy right now. So that means they, they are deceased. So for us, it's definitely not a happy day. So we don't celebrate that. We definitely remember the sacrifice. We honor, you know, their service. And definitely, you know, we tell stories and stuff like that. But that's something that um, if I were to clarify, I know the rest of the military committee would have said, like, you were there. You didn't even say nothing. You didn't educate him. So I just want to make sure I want to share that light to you guys. No, 100%. So the, so the correct way to say it is, say it one more time. We just say, you know, it's, when it's on Memorial Day, it's just, you know, like, you know, normally we just try to remember. So we don't say right. Happy Memorial Day or nothing yeah, like that. Right. And you guys are just doing the same thing that everybody in, normally in, in the United States says. It's just, you know, we just think about Memorial Day. It's going to be three-day weekend or four-day weekend. We're going to barbecue and we're going to go out and, and everything, which is fine. You know, thanks to those guys and ladies that pay the ultimate prize, you know, we are able to do things like that. It just, you know, the time that we actually put to the side, you know, that whole day, which is normally, you know, a Monday, it just, you know, to remember them. So, you know, for us, even though when I start kind of coming out this week, you see guys that are in the military that, you know, a lot of people, they have lost, you know, close peoples to them. You can see the demeanor. They kind of start changing, kind of start, you know, reflecting, thinking about those times. So, you know, so for us, it's it's not the happy Memorial Day weekend. Absolutely, right. man, man. That we appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, we appreciate the education. Um, so you said you guys have been together um, 29 years. Is that correct? Um, so normally, I don't want to correct Miss Perez, you know, in what? the other side. But I, I'm glad that we're in two different <laughs> rooms. So she can, and the audio is perfect. So if she, by any chance she would have hit me, you guys would have heard it. But actually, we've been 30 years together. Five days and I'm 25 oh. married. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh Uh-oh. God. She's in trouble. Yeah. Now she I did her to say if you were paying attention. Yeah, of course. <laughs> hey, did, did I pass the test? <laughs> Whoa, baby. Good so job. I was getting to, so so 30 years is a long time. So I, before we get to the military things, obviously you guys weren't, or Perez wasn't in the military before you guys met. So uh, yeah, tell us how you guys met. Tell us a little bit about that. How was that? Javier, mm, you want to do that one? Ooh. I don't know. You know what? I was thinking of that earlier. Like, I wonder if she want me to say it. She want to say it. Look, you want me to, I'll give you the raw. I'll give you yeah, the raw okay. So, um, we were in high school. Um, and you know, in high school, you, you, you like, so, oh, so-and-so looks cute and so-and-so looks cute. Um, but you know, there was a, fr- a group of friends and there was one guy that I liked from Javier's um, friends. Anyway, nothing happened. Um, but then I see this guy when I was passing by, kind of eyeing me. Um, and I was like, ooh, he looks interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what it is. But anyway, so um, I could give you the backstory on that one. But the guy was, you know, I was always the tallest, like in, within my group. And amongst Puerto Ricans, like I'm, I'm, I'm not the average height. So this guy was a little shorty and Javier's like, <laughs> yeah, and then, that, that's very nice of you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then, so Javier was, um, you know, later on, I, I heard that he asked the guy, he's like, Hey, do you want, you know, do you want me to help you kind of, you know, um, I heard that she likes you. 
And the guy was like, no, man, she's she's pretty and all that, but she's too tall for me. <laughs> and he's like, if you want to go ahead, go for it. So then um, this is what won me over is like, yeah, we, you know, we got together in the morning and in Puerto Rico, it's a tradition. You know, you get to the school, you play, we're playing cards. Everybody says hello to each other. It's a, it's a very, um, uh, you know, I guess social uh, event in the morning before school starts anyway. So um, I, I kind of, we kind of started, you know, talking, he started being more present, kind of just getting in more into the group. And then he reaches out to my best friend and my best friend, obviously we're in high school. So we're going to tell each other everything. Um, he reaches out to my friend and says, Hey, um, you know, I, I heard that Sharon likes so-and-so. And she's like, yeah, he's like, well, you know, and she's like, do you like her? And he's like, yeah, he's like, but I like her that much that I would be willing to, if whatever makes her happy. Um, and if it being happy, if it being with him makes her happy, I'll be willing to, you know, help her out so they can get together. So when she told me that I was like, I'm sold. There so it is. She, she fell for it, Perez. Good job. And then, so after that, he, he knew what my route was to go to get to my bus. Um, and we, you know, there was a little bit of a walk. So he used to stay in a particular corner and offer me Jolly Ranchers. So he knew what kind of Jolly Ranchers I liked. So he would say like, Hey, do you want a Jolly Rancher? And the rest is history. <laughs> I was a I was a cheap date, Jolly Ranchers. <laughs> Isn't it funny to look back on the stories uh how we met uh certain individuals and stuff, man? It's just crazy. Yeah, like different <laughs> different ways and different things and all this stuff, man. It's just crazy when you look back on it. Uh I mm -hmm. remember um you know Antonio and I in high school together. Um a lot of parties, a lot of hanging out, man. And I was the one chasing behind to see which ones he was going to leave. Oh, my God. <laughs> what you got for me? You don't want her? You don't want oh her, man. Oh, my God. Whatever's going to make her happy. That's Let's go with that one. And I didn't have any Jolly Ranchers either. Oh, oh my gosh. That was, that was That was my version. I'll let Javier kind of give his, his version of the events. You know, we always have different perspectives. No, absolutely. Listen, I didn't make it 30 years just because. Your right. version is the correct version. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. So, um, well, let's dive into um, like this this part of it. You know, with you saying that you wanted to join the army, um, what was that conversation like for you guys? Like, how did the? I know you said she was supportive, of course, but um, you know that has to be a pretty in depth conversation. How did that go, Javier? Actually, to be sincere, if I were to think back, I don't think it was that in depth. Um, I think what would make it a little bit easier was that um, uh, she was an army brat. And, you know, if you guys don't know the term, it means that, you know, somebody grew up in their parents were in the military. So she was an army, an army brat because um, her dad was in the military. So for her, it was kind of second nature. You know, it was nothing out of the ordinary. Um, at that time, like I said, we were both in college. We quit college so we can get married. We can be together. And we were working um, at the same place. Actually, we were working at the uh, 
naval station in Puerto Rico. It was a U.S. Navy uh, base in Puerto Rico. And we were there, working there as a civilian. So she knew that I always liked the military. And I told her, I said, listen, we quit college already. These jobs that we have, there are jobs, they are in our profession. I wanted to give it a shot in the military. And she didn't even hesitate. She said, well, go ahead and go for it. And despite, even though we knew that she was already uh, pregnant, you know, it was going to be challenging. She still completely support me. So then after that, you know, it was just um, just doing the things that I needed to do to join the military, um, which, you know, for me, it was kind of like natural steps. Uh, the only difference was that um, like everybody, I don't know if you have heard before a story in the military, but people, when they join the military, you know, people advise them and you know, like go ahead and, you know, find a job that, you know, that you would like. But also whenever you get out of the military, you'll be able to find a profession that you can actually, you know, rely on those skills that you learned when you were in the military. So I heard that from a lot of people. So when I went to the recruiter, took my test and everything, then you sit down and depending on your score, they're offering you different kind of jobs. So the recruiter offered me a lot of stuff with the medical, of course, the basic normal stuff they offer to everybody. Like, you want to be infantry? They're like, I know better than that, so no. But, uh, (laughs) you know, and they offer a lot of technical jobs that have to do with medical, with communications, stuff like that. In my case, Part that I didn't say at the beginning about my introduction was um, I studied music from fourth grade all the way to my second year of college. So I played um, saxophone, clarinet, and flute professionally. And so, of course, my recruiter knew that. Say like, hey, do you want to try from the band? That'd be a lot, you know, very easy for you transition. And I was like, no, totally opposite. I want you to look at the list of all the jobs that are qualified and give me something completely different that I want to do in my civilian life. And he was like, really? I'm like, yeah. So he started looking and said, how about this, parachute rigger? And I was like, what is that? Like, so, so those are the guys that jump out of airplanes and they pack the parachutes for everybody. I was like, let me see this. So they showed me a video and everything. Right after the video was done, I was like, that's me, Simon. Nice. So then after that, joined the military. So it was an easy process of, you know, conveying that information to her and what was my desire. And it always, you know, her support made things so easy. So Sharon, he says he wants to jump out of planes and you were just like, that's a good idea. I love it. <laughs> Again, I go back to, we were 22. <laughs> 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 now, if the conversation would happen these days, maybe I would have a different approach. You know, um, I didn't think that, yeah, if you're going to jump out of planes, uh, the kids that I'm carrying right now might not see their father. Um, but no, I didn't, I, I didn't think about that. I mean, I, I think that to me, what, whatever made him happy, if that was his career um, goal, if that's what he wanted to pursue, um, you know, I, I was, I was game for it. Um, and I, and I think that the conversation went smooth, um, because I had already lived that type of life. Like I wasn't, I think it probably was more of a change for him because he grew up all his life in Puerto Rico. Um, you know, he had his roots in Puerto Rico, his friends that they went to school since, you know, um, kindergarten. Um, I didn't have that because I moved around so much because of my, my dad. So what do I have? You know, yeah, my parents, but you know, I was ready to start a new life. We always talked about moving to the States. So I was like, why not? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think 
that helps out the soldiers, you know, having that support system, you know, because they have to battle so many things when they enlist. But having that support system, support system back mm-hmm. at home, I'm sure that eased his decisions and 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 helped him sleep at night. Um, Sharon, I would like to ask you. Um, maybe things are different now than when um, Javier enlisted. But mm-hmm. are there any support systems or groups or anything out there for uh, soldier? husbands or wives, husbands, spouses, or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. There's the family readiness group, um, the FR, they call it FRG um, in the military. And, and those are support groups specifically to support the family members that stay behind, you know, particularly the spouses um, with the kids. Um, and that's normal in every unit. Um, usually it's, it's composed by, it's ran by maybe the commander's wife or the higher ranks um, spouses. And they are there to support, um, you know, the enlisted spouses. Um, and they do activities. They bring the kids together. Um, and, and, you know, if you're having a hard time with a deployment or with your spouse being away, um, they usually um, also... Um, you know, provide some support if necessary. But there's there's several things on on base, um, particularly to to support the military spouse um, when when the you know when the spouse is away. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Go ahead, Antonio. You got it. All right. So, um, so Perez, or uh, I keep saying Perez, I'm sorry. So Javier, <laughs> I'm so used to saying Perez. So Javier, yeah. um. Would you like to touch more on the military um, aspect and your experience before I go to my next question? Because my next question was when you got out. So uh, the military experience is just um, different than the civilian life. Uh, It's um, very, um, everything is just by the numbers. Everything has an order. Uh, Everything has a time, a place, a uniform. So for the military member, for us, even though there are a lot of difficult things that we do and everything, we see us as an easy life, you know, especially when you get to that um, mentality that everything has a place, a, 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 you know, a time, uniform, stuff like that is very easy. Um, Sharon paint the side of the support side, which is the family member, you know, as, you know, as a, we just hear and we have a couple of groups and everything, but she's not going to say it, but I'm going to say, it, you know, Especially now with the years of experience, me being now out of the military and all the experience that we went through and now see my daughters that they're in the military as well. Um, That's the the hardest job that you can ever think. Mm -hmm. So you imagine, you know, your loved one is in the military, is away from you, is from another country. And it's, let's put it now, you know, for, especially for you two guys, you know, we've been in war for the past 20 years. Right. So pretty much that's the only thing that you have heard about the military now. We, you know, running two wars simultaneously. And family members do stay behind. Every day they're watching the news and everything. They hear a helicopter crash down or something got killed. And, you know, they always think like, it is my loved one. It is my wife. It is my husband. You know, it's a very difficult part of, you know, of being in that kind of um, moment, especially in the case of Sharon. You know, she got, we had twin daughters at that time and they were babies. They were, you know, by the time, you know, I went into the, into the military in 1996, um, September 11 happened. You know, if we're going to kind of fast forward to put it into, you know, perspective of what we live now, mm-hmm. we were in wartime. 
uh, the girls no, were not even like six, seven years old. And this happened and I'm not there. And she doesn't even know if I'm going to come back or not. Uh, she doesn't know how to explain this to the girls. She's doing the best that she can. And not only that, at the same time, um, I love the military, but uh, during that time, we were already talking about if this we wanted to make that our life or not. Because even though I'm the one serving, it's the family serving. So it will, normally when family makes the decision, a family that is very, very close-knit together, they make those decisions together. Because, you know, if I serve, that means that she's serving as well. Right. So Absolutely. At that moment, we already decided that, no, we were not going to make a military career. Uh, she was doing her bachelor's degree and master's degrees at the same time. You know, she finished her bachelor's and right away jumped into her master, trying to prepare ourselves. So whenever we got out of the military, taking care of both girls at the same time, you know, she's taking care of the home. So we have um, a Wonder Woman on. That's what we oh, have. That's, that's, that's the epitome of in the description for her. You know, this is the lady that he was taking care of the bills, taking care of the home, cutting the grass, taking care of two vehicles, taking care of the twin girl, finishing, you know, finish her bachelor's degree, finishing her master's, doing all this stuff. And I'm at war. They're like, man, <laughs> going to war is easy. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? yeah. So well, you know, well, that's kind of encapsulated you know, most of, of my military service. But, you know, to me, especially, you know, in the topic that we're talking about, about the support of a family member, mm-hmm. you know, that to to the to the individual that is serving the 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 military, you know, that's that's a very hard job, critical. So so when you you're mentioning family and everything, how you know how she was able to keep things together while you were off. Um, how many times did you guys actually get to see each other though? Like you know what I mean? Like was there a specific time where you guys? got to got to be around each other for a certain amount of days before you had to leave or whatnot. Like how did that work? So um yes we were and especially in my case. So you guys interview um Nick Bouchard and uh, uh James Robert. So they were in the Marine Corps and they were in the Marine Corps, just like the army, they have regular units, military units, and they got a special operation units. So believe it or not, even though they're in the same branch of the military, they behave completely differently. Like they were in the, in the um, regular units. So they had to be deployed away from the family for a year, 18 months apart, and they come back and see their families again. In my case, I was in the army, but I was uh, attached working with special operation units. So I deployed for three, four months, maybe six months at a time come back and stay with the family for like three or four months, maybe sometimes a year, depending, you know, before a war, mm-hmm. and then go back again. So we saw each other, you know, often enough, but at the same time, interrupted the the normalcy of a family. Um, you know, through those eight and a half years, I deployed three times, three different times to Africa. I even went to Puerto Rico to work as a, in the military, twice to Afghanistan, once to Iraq, um, so many different other places. Um, and when you put all those time lapse together, you know, especially in the case of um, having such a small kids, uh, we always said it that every time that I came back, it was introducing myself to them. Uh, I was their dad. To them, I was a figure that used to come in, come out, you know, make kind of those close relationships. And by the time that we were getting that close niche, it was that time for me to go again. 
Um, yeah, me and Sharon, um, that's something that we always put ourselves as a priority, as a family. So we make the most impossible things, you know, to be spent as much as time together. Something that we still continue doing today, but definitely during those times. So we saw each other for, you know, four, five, six months. And then I went away, come back and do it all over again. So, you know. You know what I wanted to, I wanted to ask you, um, because I have uh, all, pretty much all my uncles, except for two, um, served in the army. So I understand it, but can you explain to our listeners out there, out there, what it actually means? Like we're always, it's always a war. It's always something going on. People, I don't think that people really uh, quite understand. They only see what they see on the news. You know what I mean? And that, and, and the questions are, I always hear this like, oh God, we might go to war with this country, but in, in reality, there's always war. There's always, you know, things that are going on. Can you kind of explain that to people in, from your own perspective? Oh, yes, of course. Um, and you're correct. We always in war, even though when we say we're at war now, it's just because it was declared that we were at war with these countries for this reason. Mm-hmm. But even before that, you know, we are at war all the time. It's so many different groups, countries, entities that actually don't believe the way of life that the united states how we live our ourselves they always see us as a threat so they're always you know scheming always planning always plotting always making the most impossible things to attack um our way of living so when they see the military that they think you know we we are not work it's always units training because we have to be staying, you know, ready for what may happen. We have units that they're already in different countries because we're making relationship with them to avoid problems. Uh, we also in another countries because you know we gather intelligence to avoid things that happen before anything. So it's always something going on, and this is for the side of you know the regular military that everybody see. Then you can hear you know from from special forces, Navy SEAL, all different kinds of special operations. It's, those guys are gone all the time, coming back and forth and everything because the threats around the world, they never stop. They never stop. Wow. Um, so my question, um, my next question would be for uh, Sharon. Um, so <clears throat> a little bit about me, um, which Javier knows and uh, most of our listeners know. So my father did 26 years in federal prison, right? Mm-hmm. So get when he got out there's a lot of conversations we had of you know obviously him missing my life growing up um him you know kind of feeling bad about it but certain things he was just not accustomed to and i kind of equate that to obviously he has some form of ptsd right of mm-hmm. being he was 18 when he got incarcerated and you know he didn't get out till 40 something you know so it was a long time so my question for you would be when Perez, let's say the final time he came home or he kind of touched on that, he kind of missed his kids growing up or a certain aspect of it, you know, and I know mm-hmm. that hurts him. Um, was Javier the same Javier who used to walk you to your bus route and give you Jolly Ranchers? Or did you see little minor things that um, maybe you had to deal with? Ooh, that's a good one. Um. 
Uh, you know, I, I'll start by saying that, you know, Javier kind of described it well, the, the back and forth, him, you know, being home for a couple of months and leaving, which in a sense creates more, um, it creates more instability in the family than actually if you left for a whole year. Um, you know, and from a, from a spouse perspective, I'm here trying to keep the boat afloat. Um, you know, when he leaves, the kids get all, you know, routed up, you know, our life changed, our routine changes. Um, and, and I have to say that every time he came home, um, there was definitely a, there, there was a honeymoon time and then there was a little bit of a rocky time. Mm -hmm. Um, and the rocky time comes in because, you know, he's used to, I have already created a, a schedule or done things in a certain way because that's what I can do. Um, that's what I've been able to cope while he's away. Um, he has his routine. He only has to worry about himself when he's away. So when he came back, you know, there was a, an expectation that, you know, maybe things would be the same way that he left them. And sometimes that's, that wasn't the case. Wow. So there, there was a little bit of, uh, um, some dynamics there um, with with how the household was handled um, because it, it wasn't the norm. You know, um, I try to do my best of my ability to to be inclusive, to include him in things and, you know, to do as much as we could while he was while he was there. But there was definitely something um you know, and, and I can imagine, I mean, I, I don't blame him for, for coming with the mentality, like, well, what, what do you mean things have changed? Things are different from what I left him. Um, because he, he had, he created his reality wherever he was. Right. And that's what his norm was. So it is a culture shock coming back um, to, to something completely different from what he left behind. So there, there were some challenges. There were some challenges, definitely. And uh, Perez, um, was there any support maybe with your other, um, you know, army um, brothers or just in military in general? Do they give you guys any support when you guys are uh, coming back home for, like you said, maybe um, a short couple months? Or if you're done enlisting when you come home fully, do they give you any kind of support? In, at the time that I was serving in the military, no, we didn't have any. Uh, I'm so, yeah, uh, I'm so happy. Um, when I hear like guys, guys kind of like, you know, James, Nick, um, I see my daughters and, you know, their husband, they're in the military as well. How they handling things now, you know, made me think that they actually care. They're doing things differently. But when I was in, no, it was not like that. I used to come um, yesterday. I was doing something in Afghanistan, whatever I was and everything. By tomorrow afternoon, I was already back home and everything. And yesterday I was just in Afghanistan. And just yes, tomorrow afternoon, I was just with the girls, with Sharon, talking and everything, like nothing never happened. So it was no appear of uh, we talked to somebody, they give us some kind of, you know, life skills and tools. Hey, whenever you get back home, these are kind of like the classes you might find and everything. It was not like that. Things have changed a lot because, you know, a lot of strategies happened, you know, with when I was in, you know, guys coming in straight from the combat theater, seeing action and get home and you know it was no no transition you know so definitely we didn't have that now the only thing that we have and we still have it until today is that the camaraderie between the guys you know we always talk to each other 
we always support each other. And it's so much that we can do as brothers because, you know, we support each other, but at the same time, we don't have the professional skills that we can prepare somebody else for some situation like this. Like, hey, just remember when you get home and everything, um, you got to take things easy. Uh, you cannot be yelling to people anytime you want. Uh, you can, you know, cannot be driving 100 miles an hour, you know, stuff like that. So it was different. And- I, I just well, wanted to add there. something to, because I think that there's a there's something that we it, it's important to point out too. Um, I think that the transition to to you know assimilate the change to be able to um, go through that um, bonding process again it, it 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 was more it was more notable um, noticeable back then um, and it was more probably uh, more shocking because of. We, we didn't have technology, you know, we still wrote letters to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, web TV, I don't know if I'm dating myself, but web TV was the first, you know, piece of communication when we got hotmail for the first time. But, you know, I would be like, what's, you know, waiting for a phone call that could possibly just last for a minute. I didn't have a way to contact him. Not like these days. I mean, these days that people have phones and internet and, um, you know, they supply web uh, video cameras and they give them the tools necessary to be able to have a little bit better communication with the family. So imagine you being gone for three months, no communication whatsoever, maybe two calls within those three months. And all of a sudden you're here, you know, he's by himself, taking care of himself, comes home and you have two ki- kids screaming, um, a wife that, that, you know, is, is up to her wits and wants to go out, maybe do something different. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a little bit of, of a shock, you know, so he handled it well, but you know, I, I definitely know that there was some, there were some, um, challenges there. Sharon, how do you, how do you, um, how would you talk to somebody who you, you see and you feel the energy of, um, they're suffering from PTSD. Like there, you can tell that something is off. How do you have a conversation with somebody that's, that's like that. How do you have a conversation to, Hey, you know, maybe we should talk to somebody or, Hey, maybe you should, you know, talk to somebody. Cause that's, a, I feel like that's so hard to do. And that's a struggle that myself, like personally, I have had, I've tried that with my uncles for years. You know what I mean? Like the, when they got out of the military, I was very young, but growing up around them, I could always feel like, they took what they seen, they took what they've been through and they, they've never been the uncle that left. You know what I mean? Like the uncle mm-hmm. that the uncles that I love, that was always there for me. They've never quite been the same. And I've tried to get them to, you know, go and see somebody, go and talk to somebody, but you know, uh, it's always those people who will say, man, I'm not crazy. Nothing's wrong with me. You know what I mean? But but we all deal with um, certain demons inside of us or, you know, things that we have to try to work through. How do you um, talk to someone like that? I think you just need to understand where the person is coming from. You know, some people react differently. Some people like to have that conversation, have that sit down conversation. I can tell you that from a civilian perspective, um, you know, it, it, it's hard for 
us to even begin to try to relate to somebody that has been in the military that has gone through so much that have seen so much. Um, you know, some people, they just don't want to talk about it. Um, you know, trying to, you know, and and maybe opening up is just going to make it, make it worse for them. So it's a really, really, um, fine line and it's very, it's, very so it's almost, it's almost like they have to want to go and talk to absolutely. somebody. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I think that the best that you can do if, with, with someone that you maybe feel or see that might need some help, you know, maybe listen, you know, you need to know, listen, maybe they just need a listening ear. Um, you know, if they ask you for, for advice, then um, provide it. You know, I think that from, from an outsider military, the military family is very close. When I say military family, it's the service members. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they have a, a very unique and strong um, relationship and, and their, their commitment to each other. Um, even when they're out, you know, they look for each other and they support each other. So there, there's a really strong relationship between them. And I think those would be the best people to try to connect somebody that maybe we feel that has, you know, maybe needs some help or needs something to talk to would be with somebody that has been previously, um, you know, uh, part of the service. Because if we even try to, uh, we can't, we can't even start to try to understand what they've seen, what they've gone through. Um, You know, I know with Javier there, I know there's a lot of things that I don't even know. And And I can say that we talk about absolutely everything, but I don't, I don't even want to, you know, try to, to, um, prompt him because that's their, that's their cone of silence. I, you know, I, I think that's, and I have to respect that as a spouse, I have to respect that, um, you know, it, between them, between service members or former service members, they also, um, they understand when that cone of silence is necessary. And, you know, I, my, I know Javier has a, a you know, a friend that used to be in the military with him. Sometimes he'll call Javier just randomly, you know, and Javier knows just to listen. Absolutely. I understand. Um, so I'll switch gears just a little bit. Um, being an American, we, it seems like we always forget about Alaska and Puerto Rico. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> it's so, I, when I went to Puerto Rico, man, it was so much pride there and I loved it. And it was very beautiful. When you um, went, huh? You went by yeah, yourself? Yeah, I'm sorry. When we went, me and me, All and, right, me, and EJ, <laughs> me, me and DJ went. Um, I, it was my 30th, I think, and you're what 31st. Yeah, don't be putting my age out there, bro. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, very, very beautiful. And I think, like I said, people forget about that. Um, mm-hmm. the past five years, in my opinion, has been very rough for the, you know, um, uh, for Puerto Rico, man, with, um, Hurricane Maria, I think the earthquake, obviously COVID-19 now. Um, so if you guys don't mind speaking a little about, about obviously Puerto Rico and then how, what's the state of Puerto Rico to this day? Like, how are, how are people doing? Is it upbeat? Is their power still there? Like, you know, just speak a little bit about that. So sure, I'll, I'll speak. Go, go ahead, Javier. You want me to go first? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So um, my mom still lives there, and I have aunts, uncles, several cousins that still live in Puerto Rico. Um, so I'm in communication, especially with my mom. And she tells me all you know the things that they were struggling through 
if we talk about let's put it in order through the hurricane from Maria, for her to get power and water, it took um I think it was a, almost what a year, something like that. Yeah, Jesus. like a year. Yeah. And that was for her, you know, her house. We have two modes of two main materials of construction, which is wood and concrete. Most of the people building concrete because, of course, we're in an island, we're in a tropical weather, and hurricanes is a norm for us. So, but for the people that have wooden homes or they have some kind of different kind of structure than us, as strong through the when the Hurricane Maria went through, it just destroyed everything completely. So there are people until today, they still don't have a home, you know. And of course, there are some other, you know, back problems that Puerto Rico have in, in, in regards to infrastructure, how people do things and everything. But yeah, there's still people that they don't have a no home. There's still people that don't have no potable water. They don't have no power. It depends, you know, how deep you are in the, in the island. But for the rest of the people, you know, life has come to kind of like a, you know, like a normal balance again. I say my mom, normally I ask, you know, like, percentage why she said we have about to 60 70 percent that we feel kind of normal in that regard from the hurricane and then you put the earthquakes you know which the earthquakes start happening when the what was the first one sharing when we were there on vacation right november december 28th there you go so december 28th the town that first big earthquake happened we were there 24 hours prior so we we messed it by by 24 hours. And um, in that area, which is the south of Puerto Rico. So Puerto Rico is an island 100 miles long by 35 wide. So that tells you it's just a tiny bit. Wow. So a earthquake that is so strong in one area, you can feel it all around Puerto Rico. So now, because we're talking about the way that we construct Puerto Rico concrete, you know, an earthquake, you imagine, it's rigid. So, of course, it doesn't sustain, you know, earthquakes. So. A lot of structure had crumbled. It had compromised the integrity of, of the homes and stuff like that. But for people that don't know how Puerto Ricans, how we are, man, we are so resilient. People are still gold potting. People are still, you know, drinking is their favorite sport. People are still <laughs> gold man. So even though people are still struggling with that stuff and everything, they still make the time to be social with everybody. They don't care about what is going on. When is the weekend between Friday, all the way until Monday morning, beaches are packed and everything. They're still, you know, living their life because the resilience is how we are. Absolutely. Appreciate that, man. Go what ahead, Aaron. You? you got some? No, I'm following you. All right. Um, so thank you guys for that. Um, like I said, man, we love Puerto Rico. So, you know, prayers out to your, your guys' family, friends, relatives, you know, whoever you guys know in Puerto Rico. Um, so talk a little bit about uh, the twins, man. I mean, what if you don't mind, you know, just saying a little bit about them, um, you know, they they're older now. So uh, kind of the conversation of them getting enlisted or everything like that. So go ahead. Go ahead, Sharon. But the only thing I'm going to say, those are two little Wonder Woman that came from a big Wonder Woman. Yeah, okay. I like it. <laughs> That's the sequel. Yeah. They're the sequels. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, 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 are, they are quite the, the, the women. Definitely very proud of them. Um, so the twins are going good. Um, one of them is, um, so both are married. One of them is, is married. She's not in the military, but her husband is, and they are in Virginia. 
The other one, um, she's stationed in Guam. Her husband is also in the military. She's in the military as well. She 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 broke the she broke the tradition. She went Air Force. Um, How was that? Yeah. Uh-oh. What's going on? <laughs> um, I, I was like quite it. proud of her. You like it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, she broke she broke the tradition because my grandfather was army, my dad was army, my brother was army. I mean, my whole family is army except for my daughter. She was Air Force, so I, I think she went the smarter way. Um, sorry, Javier. Um, <laughs> it it is the truth. Just don't say nothing to my friends in the Air Force. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, they're doing great. Um, you know, it's, it's as, as parents and I'll kind of go on a little limp here. Um, you know, you as parents want when your kids graduate, like we try to follow what society as a whole, um, expects, right. You get, you graduate from high school, you go to college and both of our girls definitely chose a very non-traditional, um, you know, path after, um, after um, high school, you know, now they graduated what they graduated in high school in May. And the one that's in the air force, she went ahead and enlisted and left the next December. Um, you know, she had the option of, this is a little bit of about her personality and, and her tenacity. She wanted to go into civil engineering and she got accepted in Boulder, Colorado to go to civil engineering. Um, unfortunately the, you know, the finances were not there. That's an out of state tuition. And that was like, I think $50,000 a year. Um, we are not rich. (laughs) So, um, you know, she got accepted here in, in Kennesaw also. Um, and she also got accepted in Arizona state, but this was her attitude. She's like, I don't want to go any other college. I want to Boulder. I can't get into Boulder. I'm going to go into the military. No. Okay. I'm like, okay. You know, <laughs> so um, very, very non-traditional. I mean, she's done a great job. And let me tell you, she is um, one badass woman. Um, sorry for that. Oh, no. Uh, no, no, you No. Okay. <laughs> you can again. It's okay. <laughs> she, she is, she, both of my girls. I mean, I, I definitely admire their their uh, their stamina, who they are as individuals. I think that Javier and I couldn't be prouder. Um, you know, as parents, you always reflect that I do a good job. You know, could I have done something differently? You know, there's always that. But I think that seeing them, how they are um, evolving in life and, and the, the spouses, the wives that they are, the women that they are, the human beings that they are, they are amazing. And then my other daughter, da- other daughter, um, the one that's married to um, the army, the army captain, she um, finished her degree. She did the same thing. You know, she started um, college and then met the love of her life. She got married um, and she she finished her degree. She's now going into dental hygiene school. Um, she got accepted. Um, you know, her husband was deployed for a year and she kept her chin up you know, through that whole time and um, took some classes. So that way she can, you know, strengthen her scores to get into. And she finally, this semester she got in. So she's about to start in August. Can we get some applause for that, Aaron? Yes, oh, I know, you, right? <laughs> there go. Yeah. And she, um, and she also, she's like, ah, what, you know, what else can I do? She went and got um, an 
um, got certified as a bar instructor. So she's doing that as well. I mean, what else can I say? You know, I think that um, they're they're just simply amazing. And I think that, um, that, that support system that you guys have, you know what I mean? Seeing that you are from military family and now, you know, you've gone through this with, you know, two twin dogs. Now they're gone off, you know what I'm saying, doing their thing. I'm sure you guys have like an amazing support system. And I think that that I'm sure that plays a huge role in, you know, motivation and just everything, you know. Mm-hmm. And so. I know particularly for for, um, you know, both of our daughters, I have to say um, us having been in the military life. Um, understanding what it means, you know, um, like, like they would say, when you're in the military, especially for the service member, your behind is not yours. That's the military. That's Uncle Sam's. And it's literally like that. So you can make plans and the plans can change tomorrow and you can't say anything about it. There's no PTO that you can put in and I'm going to go and place a complaint or something like that. You have to, your life is, 24 seven for the military. Um, and, and like Javier said, even though spouses don't enlist, we have to support that. Um, and, and we have to be there for that. So Javier and I, from a parent perspective, understanding the lifestyle of the military and the sacrifices, um, that it comes with that, that maybe, you know, I would like to see my daughter next weekend, but guess what? We have everything planned and next weekend comes along and she's like, I'm sorry, I can't go. You know, my husband has to work. We we're like, that's great. That, you know, not a problem. You know, we'll miss seeing you, but you know, that's not a problem. But what, you know, some families don't understand that. And, you know, especially if they don't have a history of being in the family life in the military lifestyle, then that creates a, a, some, some dynamics um, you know, putting pressure on the kids. Well, why don't you come for next Christmas? Well, I can't come next Christmas because I, I, I can't take off or I, you know, I have to go deployed somewhere. So it creates a, a, a different levels of, of dynamics that when you are in those shoes of having been there, like my parents were understanding with us too, it's just makes life a little bit easier because then you add, you know, you not understanding that, if, if I can't come next weekend, not because I don't want to, it's because I can't, because whatever the military might have, um, you know, and I'm going to get, then get mad at you or start, you know, fighting or, you know, causing a whole bunch of uproar. Um, it, it definitely, you know, makes it create some more challenges, unnecessary drama and unnecessary challenges for them. Go ahead, Antonio. Um, so, Javier, so um, I know you touched on it a little bit early in the podcast. Um, this is Day Square Podcast. Again, for the listeners out there, um, we have Sharon Perez and Javier Perez on. You know, the first married couple on here. So that's that's a that's a mark. There you go. That's a mark. We had a, um, a couple uh, interviews ago. We had a matchmaker on, too. So, uh if if anybody got married off of that, we want our we want our our part of that. We want ten or fifteen percent of that. Man. <laughs> so, um, Perez, do you mind speaking on kind of what Memorial Day and Veterans Day means to you, and obviously how can 
people like the A Square podcast or our listeners, how could they pay their respects or, um, you know, help you guys through these trying times? Oh, yeah. I think the, the main thing is just, um, first of all, is understanding, you know. So two weeks ago, I don't know if you guys knew, but we celebrated the Armed Forces Day. Mm, okay. So Armed Forces Day, we celebrate, um, we pay tribute to the service member who are currently active duty serving in the military. So that's their day. That is the day that we celebrate you know, all their service they're doing, the sacrifice, and we are able to celebrate with it. That one is definitely a celebration. That one called for a barbecue, to a call, to always, you know, make sure that we're there and telling them thank you for your service. Now, right after that, we got this coming up weekend. On Monday is going to be a Memorial Day weekend. That, to us, you know, especially for the military members, it's a day of some uh, remembrance of, you know, of honoring. Uh, that's a time of, you know, believe it or not, it sounds, let's say, a little more of solitude of trying to remember those times, of, you know, with the people that we share, that they're no longer here with us. The men and women that pay the ultimate sacrifice, you know, for the way of, you know, that we live here in the United States. So for us is when you see a military member, especially during this weekend, you know, that part that I was saying at the beginning, you know, the happy Memorial Day weekend, you know, taking away just that little word of happy. Uh, like, you know, and just, you know, like Sharon was saying before, if by any chance you find yourself in a conversation with a former member, active member, and this week can come along and everything. Just being there, listen to them, and tell them, you know, thank you for everything that you're doing for us. That's more than enough. And then in November, then we have Veterans Day. And that's a day that we celebrate people who serve in the military and they're alive, like somebody like me. So those days are more for celebrating. Those are the days that actually for us, we take, you know, we take the window out. You know, those are the days that we like to call each other, like, where are we going to meet? And we're going to celebrate this and start, you know, telling story about each other and stuff like that. And some other military members, you see, you know, veterans, they, those are the days for freebies. Um, things have changed a lot. Now you go to, during Veterans Day, you go to any restaurant and everything, they get free meals and stuff like that, you know, thanking the, the former assembly members for their service. So those are the three different days that we kind of remember, you know, throughout that had to do with the military. So it will be um, our Forces Day, Memorial um, Memorial Day, which is coming up right now, and Veterans Day. Okay, thank you. So, so they, let me ask you. Let me ask you this. For, oh, go ahead, Tony. No, no, no. You good, eh? No. I, so I was going to say, um, Javier, um, when you got out, was there any? Um, even though you had, you know, done your time, you you've you've served. Um, was there a time that you felt like, man, I kind of miss it, or I kind of wish, you know, I could I could do a little bit more, or anything like that? Is was there ever a time? Did you thought about that? Oh, yes. I definitely thought about it. I, I think about it pretty much, you know, it's funny, but I think it every day because um, at least, you know, in where I work, it's a lot of military members. So you're always talking about, oh, it's a reference or stuff like that. Um, the, the only thing probably that what I miss is the camaraderie that you have between the bonds that you have with the people that you serve with. You know, you go through so many difficult time so many happy times and everything that makes some bonds something that's kind of like deeper than 
family members. You know, definitely I, I miss I miss that. I mean, having my brothers kind of close to me so we can talk to each other and stuff like that. Um, serving our nation definitely was a, a period of my life that um, I will never forget. You know, how give me amazing memories, quad experience. You know, um, I'm more than grateful. It, the honor was all mine. But when I make the decision to stop my military duty, to dedicate myself to be there with my family and everything, I don't have no regret whatsoever about that. So it was a, an amazing chapter in my life, but it's a chapter that is in the past. That I regret not retiring, serving more than anything? Not really. Not really. You know, especially when you have a family. Right. And the, the kind of family that I have? No, not at all. Respect, respect, man. What were you going to say, Antonio? Well, I was going to say um, the A-Square podcast would definitely like to say, uh, you know, thank you, Javier Perez, for serving and, you know, Sharon Perez for serving. I know mm-hmm. it's both 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 of you guys play a pivotal part in our armed forces um, who, you know, who are here domestic or wherever, or even the kids like you guys had kids who might have inspired about doing it, you know, so that's what that's why we started this podcast, obviously, to just get the education out there and give people uh, the behind the scenes of, you know, everything's not rosy or money, but it is a struggle. But then if you guys do it together, you guys can get through it. So we really appreciate you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the, just no, the fact you. that you guys, um, Tonio mentioned the education part of it, just the fact that you guys put that clarity out there of, you know, hey, a lot of people go around, they say, happy Memorial Day, happy Memorial Day. Well, you know, even to just take that part out, take the happy part out and just say, thank you for your service. You know, correcting us on that, you know, we didn't know, you know, even though I had members, mm-hmm. you know, uncles and stuff that served in the military, I was never corrected on that. I never knew. And I think there are so many people that that don't know getting that information out was so important, man. And thank you for, for saying that so that we can, you know, when we see somebody, when we talk to somebody, we can know. Cause you know, other, other than that, we would, yep. we can correct them. That. We can correct them. But, yeah. but, but let me tell you, it, it takes two parts, you know, so it's difficult for the military member, the service member or the veteran to actually come to somebody, try to correct them because not everybody's as open and willing and right. eager as you guys. So, when you get that vibe and everything, it's easier for anybody to open up. Hey, brother, just to let you know, probably you didn't know, but this is the actual meaning of this. You know, and we know uh, having conversations, especially in this era with some people having in that, you know, they don't have that openness is very difficult. And that's where the conflict comes. But, um, you know, it's, it, it, like I said, it takes a part. So thank you guys for being so receptive and, you know, let me Ali explain that and share our, you know, how me and Sharon feel in regards to that. So it makes a difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. So is there a way um, maybe some of our listeners might have questions, concerns and want to reach out? How can um, everyone reach out to you guys? Oh, wow. I never thought about that, to be sincere. Um, you know, here's here's something else that I, I would say an even better way, uh, Antonio, maybe maybe this can help. Um, you guys are located in where you guys are in Atlanta, right? Yes. yes. Okay. So maybe, um, why don't you kind of, if you can, why don't you tell some of the listeners, um, where are some of the places that you might know of where they can reach out to if they need to talk to somebody, 
you know, do you guys know any places in particular mm. that they that they can go to or, you know, anything like that? Oh, yes. It's, it's plenty of them. But I think the main one that anybody that it can be a former service member or a family member or anybody, it can go to the Veterans Affairs website. And they have plenty of different other links and different information on how you can find some help, find some different tool to help somebody else or guide somebody to any kind of different need that they have, especially that had to do with it, you know, their military service or former military service. There you go. Okay. And I think so also, we'll get that, we'll get that put in, uh, in the, uh, in the description too, for people to click on. And what were you saying, Sharon? Yeah, I was just going to say that, you know, a lot of um, organizations now have an employee assistant program um, and there are also services available there. And I think it's not only for the service member, but, you know, maybe the service member or the former service member doesn't want to seek help, but maybe the family member does um, need to seek some help to know how to deal and how to cope and how to, you know, support um, they're, they're, you know, service members. So, um, I think that's an important thing to highlight as well. Um, sometimes, you know, from a family perspective, how do I help um, my spouse, you know, that that's going through a situation that I don't know, I can't relate to, you know, so being able to also, um, seek some help is important for the family member as well, or for Absolutely. a friend, you know, a friend, if you, if you have a friend and you kind of see, you know, you don't know how to help. Um, you want to make sure to, to that you find the, the right approach. You know, you have to seek some help too. And I would say that, again, a lot of um, the insurance companies, a lot of the um, organizations that we work for have an employee assistant program that also provides um, great resources. Absolutely. Okay. Well, again, you know, we definitely appreciate you guys for joining us, educating us and, and sharing your stories. Um, that's what the A-Square podcast is all about, just providing information to people. So you guys coming on this show uh, really means a, lot, means a lot to us. And just again, for, for me, Antonio, uh, thank you guys very much for uh, joining us. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for having us. You know, the pleasure has been ours. Thank you. Yes, Absolutely. definitely. Thank you for the opportunity to share with your listeners and, and with you guys. It's been a pleasure.